podcast. I'm your host, Adult Neuretic, and this is episode number 15, Traveling as a Bedwetter or with Incontinence. As I mentioned before, it's been a long gap, and this is longer than I intended. I was away in Chicago with my family. It was a planned trip. What I didn't plan on was while we were gone in Chicago, we all picked up COVID. So we came back, and one by one, we all got sick, with the exception of one of my kids. So that's been fun. Um, I'm going to try and uh, I'm feeling mostly better uh, with the exception of I have that lingering cough that I'm told won't go away for many weeks. So I'm going to make the best use I can of the mute on my mic and the pause button on the recording and any editing that I can do afterwards but you'll have to excuse me if there's some coughing that makes it through into the final recording. Before I jump into the show, I'd also like to say that on uh, about a week ago, which would be around the beginning of April, I got a very nice email from a gentleman who wanted to remain anonymous, so I won't say any more about the content of the email than it was um, very complimentary about the show, and it was very much appreciated. So, thank you for the kind words. So it had been a while for me since I'd done any sort of a real trip. Anything that wasn't just a couple hours in the car, uh, or just a camping trip where we took a tent or a camper or something and you know, could have easily made it home if we had wanted to. Years ago we used to do long trips, my wife and I, when we were in grad school and we were a thousand miles away and uh, did that road trip home multiple times a year or went to conferences and uh, my research project required me to do overnight research that sort of thing but since we had kids and moved back home we hadn't taken any sort of a real trip in a number of years but now that our kids are older or getting older they're not really older yet uh, but now that our kids are elementary school age we decided that we could take them on a trip to Chicago for their spring break and it churned up all of the same sort of issues with travel that used to have to deal with so that is what sort of inspired this episode so the biggest issue with going on a trip is to plan ahead pack enough diapers or whatever supplies it is that you use if you're you know using condom catheters or indwelling catheters or what have you whatever type of supplies you're using I tend to say diapers because that seems to be what most of our sub relies on pack enough for every uh, night or night and day if that's what your needs are plus extra uh, my rule of thumb is like every night plus 20% and then round up to a whole number. You know, adjust that as you need to, but remember that tapes can break, uh, 
diapers can tear. Um, you know, problems like that can happen. You can get stuck for an extra night. Make sure that you have enough. Pack the diapers with you if you can. It's always a safer bet to bring your own supply. You don't know what's going to be available when you get there. It could be something good, it could be something not great. So having an having your own brand, having, you know, a known quantity available is better than a guessing game. If you can't pack in enough diapers, then it's better to order ahead and have them shipped again than to rely on what you can get when you get there. The exception to this is if you know where there's a retailer that's going to carry what you need on site when you get there, and you can call ahead and find that out. Know ahead of time what the cohabitation conditions are going to be like where you're going to be staying if that's possible. In most situations you're going to know this or be able to find out from a relative if you're staying with a relative. Uh, in some cases, you're not going to know until you get there. It may be that you have relatives coming in and they don't know exactly who's coming, how many people are going to stay. Um, if you're going to stay at a hotel, you're going to know exactly who's staying in what room. So that makes that easy. If you're traveling by yourself or just with a significant other, then that's an ideal situation. You know that you're going to be the one staying in the hotel room. You know that you have your own bathroom. But in some, in some situations, you are going to be sharing a bedroom with somebody that you may not be as intimately acquainted with. You may be sharing a bathroom uh, with multiple people. You may not have a good place to store a large quantity of diapers or other supplies. Some of these considerations may influence the mode of transportation you want to take or the type of accommodations you want to try and make. Um, most hotels, for example, will hold a package that you have shipped ahead as long as you put care of your name and your um, room number or um, date of arrival and let them know that it's coming. They'll just hold it for you until you arrive. But if you have a case of diapers shipped to your nosy aunt's house, she'll probably open it. In that case, you may want to drive a car and bring the case with you in the trunk. That is one benefit of driving. Although it takes more of a toll on you physically having to drive the vehicle yourself, not have somebody else piloting the vehicle for you. And it's usually not as fast a method of travel compared to something like an airplane. You do have more room to play with in terms of luggage. Except in getting stuck in traffic, driving a car also gives you the option to plan your own stops so that you can stop as frequently or infrequently as you like. If you're fully incontinent, the choice is probably already been made for you, but if you have urgency issues or you're bedwetter, 
you have a choice to make whether or not you're going to wear a diaper in the car uh, on longer road trips there's always the issue of if you do get caught out longer on a, on a traffic jam or if you do fall asleep during the road trip uh, are you courting disaster next I'd like to speak a little bit about uh, the train system but with a big proviso I know that other places in the world have superior train systems you can actually use to get from one point in their country to another you know all over the place but um, I've never been to any of the places where you can actually use a viable train system uh, I did just use the train system in the US to visit Chicago so that's the experience I'm primarily going to talk about I also did use the train to visit Toronto when I was a child that was so long ago that I don't remember it very well um, the difference here is that even to get on the train we had to drive an hour and a half because even though I live 200 feet from train tracks most of our rail is freight only in the US so there's a lot of rail in the US that is not passenger accessible there are a handful of cities and metropolitan areas in the US that make good use of trains but it's the exception, not the rule. In any case, uh, Amtrak is the primary passenger carrier in the U.S. The rail cars on Amtrak um, all have bathrooms, so there should be no restriction uh, there. Getting up and using them is available all throughout the trip. Um, Perhaps the only restriction to that is at stops when people are actively getting on and off, the aisleways will be blocked by people. But other than that, you can get up and move freely about all throughout the trip. In theory, you were allowed a lot of luggage on the train. You were allowed like a personal bag, two carry-on bags, and two checked luggage pieces. Uh, our train uh, did not have luggage cars, so they had special slots right at the beginning of the cars to put the checked luggage in, so they had relatively few of those slots available. Most people only brought carry-on bags anyway, but if you needed them, you could have the conductors stow your checked luggage in the special racks that they had available. This meant that you would want to pack things into suitcases, not have you know, cases in cardboard boxes. But uh, in theory, you could bring a significant amount of luggage with you per person. Again, I would say that you should pose the question to yourself whether or not you should wear a diaper on the train. In my case, I did because there were some long stretches between some of the stops and I did intentionally try to go to sleep during some of them 
seemed like a good way to pass some of the time. Uh, our trip was altogether a little over four hours, and there's not much to do on the train. So, looking out the window is okay when it's light out. Once it gets dark out, it's not much besides a dark blur. And finally, of course, we have air travel. This is your most restrictive but fastest mode of transportation. Fastest being relative that the idea that you have to get through security and in and out of the airport, which are often you know, pretty busy. It's most restrictive in terms of both what you can bring on and off of the plane and your ability to move around when you're on the plane. So you're restricted to your seat quite a bit of the time. Personally, I don't have anxiety about flying, so it's easy for me to fall asleep on a plane. So I definitely always wear a diaper when I fly, although I haven't flown in years. Before we even get this far, you've got to make it through airport security. In the U.S., that means the Transportation Security Administration, or the TSA. TSA is known to hold people up for a number of reasons and search their bags, and search their bodies. So this is a big stopping point for a lot of people who are incontinent because nobody wants bag full of diapers rifled through in a line with a bunch of people in it. Nobody wants to get a pat down and have to lift their shirt to the top of the diaper again in a line with a bunch of people standing around. As I mentioned, it's been a minute since I've flown, so this information's out of date and I apologize, but uh, if I recall correctly, the TSA uses two types of scanners, uh, millimeter wave scanners and backscatter scanners to look for contraband on people as they come through the line. Uh, both of them will pick up a wet diaper because they are not able to see through it. It blocks the view so it'll flag you for additional screening. You usually don't pick up a dry one because it'll see through it and it will show as an essentially a regular article of clothing and not as a brick or a blockage. Apparently diapers in a carry-on bag running through the x-ray machine basically look like a stack of books so they usually don't flag anything for secondary screening but sometimes they might if there's a lot of them uh, it might look unusual or suspicious just the fact that there's so many books like what in the world is going on if your bag gets selected for a secondary screening you should open it and just hold it open often the TSA agents don't even want to remove anything from it they just want to poke around a little bit and they're done. Um, if the T 
TSA agent selects you for an additional pat-down or secondary screening, sometimes they might ask you to raise your shirt. You can always ask to be screened in a private area. You can also ask for that for your bag. That might trigger additional searching of the bag, dumping all of the contents. Remember that being screened in a private area may take you out of line and away to a second room, which will add additional time to your journey. So make sure that you have enough time for that as well. You may want to leave additional time just in general if you need to go through screening and you're worried about any of this happening, just so that you have time for a private screening if you think you might want to request one. Just calmly explain to the agent what's going on, that you have incontinence, that you're wearing a uh, adult diaper, and that you'd like their discretion in the matter, and generally that's that. In rare instances I've heard of people being asked to change and go back through the scanner again wearing a dry diaper. I've even heard of people being asked to change babies and take them back through the scanner in a dry diaper. And this may be apocryphal, but I've heard a story of somebody being asked to change their baby and then turn over the diaper so that the diaper could be tested for explosives. I don't know if that story is true or not. Uh, I read it in a uh, online magazine. Once you're through security and you actually get to the gate, there's an additional thing that's worth knowing. All U.S. carriers are required by law to allow a medical bag to travel free of charge. The problem with this definition is that, or the problem with this um, declaration is that there was no specific definition of what a medical bag had to contain or what would go into a medical bag by definition. So airlines were allowed to make up their own definitions of what a medical bag should hold. So each airline has its own rules about what medical equipment can go in a medical bag. A medical bag has to contain only medical equipment. So some airlines may allow adult diapers and other ones may not because some apparently curate an explicit list of what items may be allowed in a medical bag and others don't. They just say medical equipment. Something to know, however, is that the FDA website states the adult diaper does meet the definition of a medical device. So, by some government definitions, an adult diaper should meet that definition and therefore should be allowed in a medical bag. Some airlines will let you check an entire bag as a medical bag. Other ones will let you take an additional carry-on as a medical bag. But all airlines in the U.S. 
must allow a medical bag as a additional free bag. It's worth a try if you think that it's something that you might be willing to give a shot. Uh, if not, you might end up having to pay to check an additional bag because you might get caught with an airline that refuses to accept adult diapers as medical equipment. It would probably be safest to have a printed copy of the airline's policy so that the gate agents aren't trying to make a decision on the spot or call ahead and get some confirmation of what their exact policies are. It's also a potentially embarrassing argument to have while you're trying to board in a line with a bunch of other people. So why don't we transition a little at this point. I'm going to read some posts. These ones are going to come from a old weekly topic named Sharing Accommodations with Those That Don't Know or How to Deal with Close Proximity and Keep Your Privacy. First response has subheadings. Summer Camp Chaperone. On these trips, I use the Senny Cloth back diapers. These rooms have about 16 to 20 bunks in each room with three toilet stalls and three showers. First night I put on in the shower late. Next morning woke up first, 6 a.m., went and removed diaper in the shower again and cleaned up with wipes. Left room and disposed in an outdoor trash can. Also used old Walmart trash bags. No one was the wiser. Worried about someone going in through my bags. That did not happen. Someone did go through my bags as a teenager, but did not bring diapers. On that trip, I threw away my pajama pants on the first morning. Simply made the bed in the morning, and no one noticed. I mentioned before but the room stunk of teenage body odor, so a peed bed did not stand out by smell. Staying at a hotel with another adult male. We respected each other's space really well. Two beds in a room. I used the Senny once again, and are very discreet. I simply diapered up late while brushing teeth and washing face, etc. Running water and possibly taking longer than one would think, but no issues. Slept in jeans, and AM woke up and went to check out breakfast. Went straight to men's bathroom and lobby and removed a diaper and wrapped in paper towels and threw in trash. Didn't bring wipes on this trip, so then ate breakfast with clammy skin and maybe slight odor. Usually by this time other guy was in shower and I was able to finish. Both of these are way better options than risking wet bed, which I did many times as a teenager. I did wear plastic backed once around 21 to a church trip, provided room, two to a bed. My bunkmate asked about the crinkle and I played dumb. He probably knew, but it didn't press it. Cloth back diaper if possible. I will wear underwear and workout pants or even jeans over that. Almost everyone assumes I just don't get naked in front of anyone or shy. I have no problem with that. A lot of guys will change in front of each other, just down to underwear. I never really did, aside from required to during high school, middle school. Well, it sounds like he found a product that works well for him. Cloth back never work well for me. They always lose their shape. 
There's one in here from me too, but this post is four years old, so it's interesting to see how much things have changed. I've recently come back from a longer camping trip, and I've been camping a lot this summer. Over the last few years, this has gone from being a some, something that concerned me a lot to something fairly routine. I mostly camp with my family and my immediate f family, wife and kids, those I wear diapers at night, those I share a tent with aren't a concern. I also share a camp with siblings and in-laws, nieces and nephews, etc., and they don't know. I generally am the last person into the tent at night, and the kids are already asleep for hours, but my wife is still awake. I put on my diaper in the dark by feel. My biggest concern is that people in other tents or nearby campers will be able to hear the tapes as I do it. As I camp mostly with family, sometimes our tents are in pretty close proximity. In the morning, I wait to be the last in the tent to change, but if there's a proper bathroom, I'll go in there to change out of a diaper. If you want to mute the tapes when you remove them, you can use a pair of nail scissors to cut them, or hold an article of clothing against the back of the tape while you slowly pull it to muffle the sound. This is interesting because I no longer am tent camping at that property anymore. My wife and I bought a, a camper, so now we use our camper when we go there. Um, the other thing that's interesting about that is that my kids, uh, when they were younger, did know that I wore diapers, but have since forgotten. It's one of those things where young kids' memories are short, and they had both at one point learned that I was in wearing diapers at night because they had, at one point or another, pushed their way into the bathroom while I was changing or walked in on me while I was changing when they were very young and had become aware of it, you know, when they were like toddlers. But neither one of them at this point seems to remember that experience. So at this point, I'm not actively reminding them. So neither one of them at this point know. So it's interesting that four years ago I wrote that both of my kids know. And at this point, neither one of my kids know. This next post comes from a user that has since been deleted. This is something I've got a lot of experience with. In fact, I just got back from a family trip to New York City where my wife and I shared a room with my brother and his wife. Speaking from personal experience, traveling is one of the most anxiety-producing activities someone with incontinence-slash-bedwetting issues can deal with. There are so many factors that feel outside of one's control and can create a sense of worry and stress. Many have said there are tools and techniques, and I'm sure there will be some overlap, but here are mine. Be prepared mentally. Take a moment to calm myself, meditate, practice some relaxation techniques to help take my mind off of it. It's funny because now travel is not nearly as stressful as it first was. You also have to prepare for what to say in the event somebody finds out. Coworkers, family members, etc. We all have people in our lives that we'd rather not be a part of how we manage this condition. I have a few scripted responses that I use in the off chance somebody were to ask. Bladder control seems so basic and normal, but for many of us, it's a daily, nightly challenge 
that takes a ton of work and effort to keep under control. Mentally prepared helps me manage my bladder and not the other way around. Two, be prepared practically. In other words, bring extra diapers. The thing about bedwetting incontinence is that you never know what could happen. Buy myself some peace of mind by bringing extra supplies in the event of a bad accident or something. This includes disposal bags. Grocery bags are fine. Wipes and powder if necessary. Do something to hide the crinkle. Underwear, compression shorts, something. The closer your diaper is to your body, the less noise it's going to make. This means the less likely somebody can hear. On my trip to New York City, I went to the bathroom to get ready and ran the faucet while I put on the diaper. Running water is a great distraction from the rustling of tapes and plastic crinkling. I also got up before everybody and went to get coffee at the Starbucks down the street. Everybody in the room got coffee service. They loved it. And I got a convenient place to dispose of my wet diaper. Timing is everything. I found that I can hide most things if I just time things right. I wake up well before slash after the person I'm sharing the room with usually easier to hide. I take strategic bathroom breaks throughout the day to change my day diaper. It reduces the chances of leaks. 4. Be prepared for questions. I was on a recent trip where I had to go through security. The diaper was dry on the way to the airport and I was standing in the long security line. I had a bladder spasm and wet my diaper. There was nothing I could do. I was not going to get out of the security line and change. But like adult enuretic said, it's always best to go through dry if you can. So I went through the body scanner and they informed me that they needed to pat me down. I asked for a private security area instead of doing it right there. The gentleman was very professional and asked me if I had any medical devices. I said yes, I have a medical condition and I'm wearing an adult diaper felt around and I was cleared to go. I knew the drill and I didn't let it bother me one bit. 5. Have support. It may be a little controversial, but it helps to have someone who can cover for you. Growing up it was my older brother, now it's my wife. My nosy family asks, what's the bag for? Or where did so and so go? My wife will just say, he went to the bathroom, etc. People don't get suspicious. All of the people who are writing about having to dispose of their diaper off-site, take it yeah, down to the hotel lobby, take it out of the building, that's a uh, hard road to uh, tread. That's necessary in their situations, but that's uh, a lot of effort. I used to have to do something similar when my in-laws didn't have uh, trash disposal and burned all their garbage. The last post of the night belongs to Eat Sleep Wet. Most of my experience has to do with air travel. Change after security if possible. As for noise, nobody will hear the sound of a diaper in an airport, airplane, or anywhere else. It's too noisy and people are busy thinking about other things. Definitely scope out possible trash locations for hotels or staying at someone's house. 
you're traveling or sightseeing, you can drop your used one in a plastic bag, then shove it in a backpack or a camera bag or wherever you're carrying. And after that, ditch it in a trash can somewhere. I always bag diapers in a hotel, even if I toss them in the room trash. Always bring spare bags to put diapers in. That's one thing I have learned. I have some large dog poop pickup bags that fit a wet diaper in them with the room to be tied off. They also make good random trash bags for the car or whatever. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can reach me on Reddit, www.reddit.com slash r slash adultbedwetting, and I'll be listed with the other moderators. You can contact the show at speakpipe, www.speakpipe.com slash adultbedwetting, and leave a message for the show. Or you can email me, adultenuretic at gmail.com. This is Adult Enuretic saying have a good night and a dry morning. Thank you.